0: Bullying in the workplace can take many forms, such as verbal and physical abuse, using threatening behaviors, intimidation, work interference or sabotage. Over the course of time, this type of abuse can lead to emotional injuries, feelings of shame and blaming oneself for the bullying. So what can a person do? In today's podcast, Mike Tozer will provide insight on the importance of recognition, blame placement, and finding support with trusted people. We'll also learn why common advice strategies such as confrontation and documentation may not be as effective as you might think. Don't go away, we'll be right back after this quick message.
1: You have one new message. Hey, Katie, this is Sarah Bush Lincoln and Matt Toon calling. We'd like to interview you. This
0: is where you'll be treated like a rock star. This is where you'll soar. This is where your heart is leading you. This is where you'll find your purpose. Sarah Bush Lincoln, this is where you belong. Today's the day for you to make a difference. Apply online at sarahbush.org. Welcome back to Health Styles. This is your host, Lori Banks, and Mike Tozer, licensed clinical professional counselor at Sarah Bush Lincoln, is with me today. And one of Mike's roles is as an EAP counselor, and EAP stands for Employee Assistance Program. So today's topic fits in nicely with what Mike does because we're talking about the workplace bully. Mike, how often does this come up when you're talking to your EAP clients?
1: I would say that I, on average, have one or two people a week that come in to talk to me about that. And saying that, with that, that's probably, on average, probably there's probably five to eight more people (laughs) that don't come in to talk to me about it. So it's really, it's a thing that goes on. Some people don't recognize it as bullying or harassment of other people have just gotten quote used to it or they've just become sensitized to it and so like there are a lot of times that I don't get people in because of the futility they feel like they don't feel like they can be helped at all so even though I may get one or two people a week there's probably another five maybe even more than that that I get that probably would or should come to talk about it that just don't.
0: So let's talk about the workplace bully. What What is it, what kind of forms does it take?
1: A lot of times it, you, there's a group effort, so to speak, involved in this. And there is, like you will see maybe, a lot of times it's one person that, at the center of it. Like they're the one person that like makes inappropriate comments. Are verbally aggressive with people. Very rigid in their beliefs. They are very unentertaining of other people's feelings or or their um, or their beliefs or their work. And everybody sees it, but everybody a lot of times will remain silent because they don't want the target to turn on to them. So it becomes like. You know people will talk about inappropriate things that can vary from sex to politics to religion they people can be very those people can be very judgmental. They're also someone that tends to uh align themselves with the supervisor and act exactly the opposite way or even befriend a supervisor. so they basically systematically set up this environment where they align themselves with the power structure and then they create an environment where people don't want to say anything because they don't want to become the target either. So it's, it's very, and it happens very subtly and unknowingly. A lot of the times it just starts to develop. It just starts to happen. Like the thing I hear most is like the, other employees or the supervisor will say to this individual, that's just how that person is, you know, which is such a harmful approach to dealing with someone like this.
0: So uh, do you think workplace bullies are just their personalities? Once a bully, always a bully. Were they the schoolyard bully? Are they a bully in their personal life, at home?
1: I, You know, there's this thing about, like, Do they have that type of personality? Bullies happen because people allow bullies to happen. There is no bully if people... If you have everything in place to make sure that that doesn't happen. So what I would say about bullies is bullies are people that are allowed to be a bully. Like they... you, You can't flourish in an environment without somebody allowing you to do it. So they may be aggressive in nature. They may be inappropriate in nature. They may be very difficult people to deal with. But a lot of times, like the reason they become bullies is because they're allowed to be a bully.
0: We often get advice on how to deal with bullies. And Mike, you want to talk about some errors in that traditional advice. Let's start with um, confronting the bully.
1: That's usually the advice that you get. I mean, we do that to kids. In the school system, like adults will tell them, well, just stand up to the bully, you know, and, and you'll hear that advice. But the problem with that is, bullies are usually ahead of the game with people, and they also use unpredictability as a weapon. So a lot, you never know when it's coming. And so, if you confront the bully, they've already set up a scenario where they'll turn it back around on the person. They'll even get people in the office or they'll get the supervisor thinking one certain way about you. And then when they do strike, then if you confront the bully, they have this support group, so to speak, that already have been um, groomed to think about this person a different way. So confronting the bully, although you have every right to do that, giving that advice right away is not necessarily the best thing to to say to someone.
0: So how about complaining to the bully's boss? You had said they often align themselves with the supervisor. So I can see how this might not be the best advice.
1: I hear that from people. They're like, well, I I went to the, their boss and and they listened to me, but nothing ever happened to the person. And as an organization in any organization, they can't discuss employee meetings with someone else. But usually it does take the form of like, yeah, I talked with them. I told them to be careful, you know, them to be appropriate, blah, blah, blah. But there's never really any discipline or what that comes as a result of it or, it's just kind of one of those, hey, you, you need to make sure that you're nicer to people around the office. You know, I've heard I've had some people make a comment or two or whatever. In other words, and then you have the the boss that will send out the generic email about office behavior instead of dealing directly with the individual. So the bully begins to realize that look, my supervisor's not gonna do anything like they're just going to send out these emails or they're going to in a meeting talk about office behavior and make everybody responsible for it except for me so they don't in, they don't incur any real consequences from the from the supervisor
0: so how about uh, taking it to the next level and going to human resources
1: I think people misunderstand human resources role sometime you know human resources is a, Human resources is a great resource for employees. You know, they do a lot of of various things. One of them is to help with employees that are struggling in the workplace. But when it comes to this, I think everybody needs to realize that they can't, they don't have the ability to influence management in, in any way when it comes to, like, they can't tell management uh, you have to do this to your to your employee you know they're not going to that's not their role and that's not the structure of of them human resources i get a lot of referrals from them to me when when these situations are are going on like that's what their role is they're they're trying to find a way to help the employee it's not that they may not ever address it with a department or so but like they do it in the form of like trying to understand what's going on in the workplace, and then they try to help the employee find resources. But they're not, you know, they're not going to influence like management decisions because that's just not their role. And I think people come into me and they're very frustrated and angry at human resources because they didn't quote solve it. And that's not necessarily their role. And I think that human resources a lot of time gets a, a bad rap on this because that's not what they're supposed to do, but it makes people very angry angry because they're very frustrated you know the, there's something going on they don't have any control over, and it's starting to cause them to feel stress and anxiety and they don't want to go to work and and so that's kind of what happens with people they're very frustrated with human resources. I went and talked to them, and they didn't do anything for me, and like, well, they got you here, <laughs> didn't they? you know they So I think that that's the other thing is like if you're going to go to human resources, understand that they're going to try to help you, but they're not going to put discipline on somebody. They're not going to be able to affect those kinds of change.
0: How about the next one? We often say, well, document everything, document the events, what happened, who was there, etc.
1: That is a good thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to do anything for you. like I, it is a you know, it can be an effective thing to use. sometimes like interactions, um, putting most things in writing instead of having open conversations. But the problem with documenting everything is sometimes you become so focused on documenting those things that your work starts to suffer even more than what it is. like you're you're not able to spend as much time you know, in your real job (laughs) and your real duties versus like having, you know, you're like, well, should I document that? Like they said this, like then it become all starts to run together. So like any correspondence and interactions with supervisors or employees, if you do through email and writing, I tell, yeah, that's a good thing to document. Don't put everything open in verbalizations because there's too much of a, like who said what sort of thing that goes on, and no, I didn't say that, or no, you said this. And supervisors always will come out on top of that if it's a supervisor in the role. So document things, but you watch getting yourself bogged down documenting everything because it's going to increase your stress level even that much more.
0: Another bit of advice we sometimes hear is don't wait to act. Act now.
1: People will come into me and say, I shouldn't have let this gone on so long. I should have done something about this sooner. Again, that's kind of a victim mentality, and I'm not disparaging the individual, but what happens is they you're kind of paralyzed by the whole thing. You know, you don't know what to do when this starts to happen. Usually the initial stages is you just kind of, you know, push it aside or whatever you know, because you're like, oh, well, this is, they had a bad day or, you know, they're just kind of like that. They do that kind of stuff with themselves. And before they know it, like it's happening more frequently. And then they're scared. They're kind of paralyzed. They're not sure what to do. And then it lasts longer. People will tell you, well, you should have acted sooner. Well, a lot of times it's just not possible for that person because when you're in a situation where your job you're working, you have, maybe that's your only source of income. And the idea of like confronting someone or doing something about it, um, or maybe even once that there's been, you know, a complaint or you said something to someone, but nothing ever happened. So they, people just kind of wait it and, and because they're not sure they're scared. And so they, it's a sense of like confusion, paralysis, inertia, like, what do I do? Like, it's better just to try to go in and put my head down and get done, but it continues to happen, and that takes a toll on them. So, you know, don't blame the victim. In other words, like, if you can act, do so, but if you don't, that's normal. That's more of the norm for people than it is the exception, and they're, you're doing nothing wrong if you have waited or whatever, because the message is, well, you should, you should know how to handle some irrational, um, and unreasonable individual (laughs) in your workplace. (laughs) That's not what it, that's not the way that we operate usually.
0: Well, Mike, for, for people who, who are dealing with the workplace, Billy, so far, this is feeling not so good. Like, what do we do? All this advice we're given is not really helpful. I know you've got some some tips up your sleeve. So, what should we do?
1: I tell people if it's been feeling wrong, you know, if 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 people are giving you those excuses of oh, that's just the way they are or oh, just, you know, just let it go, just kind of roll with it, that kind of thing, and you're feeling like that, that just doesn't isn't right, then pay attention to that because you're right. Like, if you're not feeling like this is okay, then it usually isn't. And so you recognize that this is harassment, this is bullying. Like, instead of, like, rationalizing off that it might be something else, that it even might be you, like, no, you name it, you say, yeah, this is a bully, I'm being harassed. Um, So own it, name it, and don't um blame yourself for it and there's a sense of guilt and shame because you you're not handling it or nothing's being done well it's not your shame to own like this is the other person this is what I always tell people this is the other person the other person read any handbook read the Sarah Bush handbook where it says People are not supposed to act in these ways. People are not supposed to be inappropriate sexually, verbally, you know all of that stuff like there there's not to be any of that type of stuff in the workplace. Remember that. you'll know, remember that part of it that says people are not supposed to act this way. Unfortunately, the second part usually is reporting it and having something done doesn't always go very well, but do remember that you're not the one to blame here. So don't own the shame with it.
0: Certainly finding support either from your family, mental health professional, your other coworkers is really important.
1: Yeah, it, it's especially important because you're not getting it at work. So the people that are closest to you, friends, family, you know, seeking their support, there's employee assistance programs and therapists, you know, you Human Resources can provide these for you, but if you are feeling like you don't want to or whatever, you can call Human Resources anonymously. You don't have to give them their name and ask if there's an employee assistance program available. Um, You can call your insurance company to see what therapists are out there. Specifically, more so, ongoing bullying, ongoing harassment in the workplace begins to create some trauma in people. And so finding someone who understands that as a therapist is probably one of the ways to look at it too. If you're going to call a therapist, ask them if they've had experience in this, experience in how to manage things that have been traumatic uh, for you. And that way you might get somebody that's a little bit more adapt at handling your situation. That doesn't mean a therapist can if they haven't had so much of that experience, but that is something that's real important. You know, brainstorm your options with yourself and your family. You know, do you need to look for another another job? I think this is probably gonna go against what a lot of companies will say. They will say report this to people. But I've just laid out how that usually doesn't go well for the individual. Like, So there's nothing wrong with you. You're not at fault if you do look for employment elsewhere. People can say, well, why didn't you bring this up before? And people say, well, yeah, I did. But <laughs> you told me that was just the way the person was. So it's it's there's no shame in maybe if you feel like your mental health, your physical health is being compromised in any way to look to go outside of somewhere, look for another job or other options. The one person that I failed to mention about who to get help from is your primary care provider, can be of help too. A lot of times the stress of all this may have changed, or you may have started to drink a little more, or you are eating more, you know, our habits tend to become a little unhealthier in these situations. So you may, you want to go to your primary care provider to get checked out in terms of yourself physically and emotionally. And they can make referrals to people as well if you don't want to go through the human resources part just out of your own fears or, or suspicions <laughs> or whatever. Like primary care providers are usually a very good resource and very helpful in these situations.
0: So say you do decide to leave your position. Um, what advice do you say about leaving your position and then maybe going on to a new one?
1: I mean, you can go out with guns blazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know that's a bad metaphor sometimes, but what I mean by that is like I'll hear people say, I'm gonna plaster stuff all over social media. I'm going to Um, write a letter to you know the CEO I'm going you know all this kind of stuff just remember this stuff will follow you wherever you go and it's very very reasonable to feel the way you feel about that and want to strike back at the people that have been harming you but remember if you're posting stuff out there if you're burning bridges at your job that that might follow you and again it's a hard thing to do, but the less, uh, you know, they will still win, so to speak, if you don't get good references or whatever, or if they kind of, this thing goes out that you were a difficult employee. And although that's a crappy thing to have to consider, given the abuse that you might have suffered, it is something that that I do talk with people about and say, you're perfectly okay to do that. If you want to do that, okay. But keep these things in mind. And usually people say, I understand that. I'm just so angry and frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, completely. And, you know, that's completely valid. And and the the need to strike back and protect yourself is a very normal thing. The thing that I try to do most is validate what's going on with them. You know, therapists are not, necessarily people that gives you solutions on how to deal with organizations specifically. They're more designed to help validate and help you cope in, in different ways. I mean, some therapists I know that can offer some ways in which to deal with the workplace environment, but that's really not their specific role either.
0: So better to better to leave on your own terms and with dignity, as hard as that might be.
1: That's correct, and you're right. It's a very, very difficult thing. I think the one thing about going to a therapist or your primary care provider in this situation is they're the one they're the objective people that can tell you, yeah, you're right, this shouldn't be happening to you, the validation because the question I the question I never ask is, well what are you doing to to create that? That's a question that people get from all of them. The answer to that question is nothing you're not unless you're being unless you're a bully and being abusive like i people might be responding to that but most people that come in aren't like that way they're they're literally uh at their kind of wits end and so validating and helping them take care of themselves is one of the primary roles that i serve but self-care and support is like the one thing that is most important throughout this whole process and then after the fact if you feel like you need to pursue other actions against the company that's up to you but i always say don't do that when you're in this kind of state if it unless you want to i never tell people that unless outside of harming someone else i never tell people like they can't feel or think or do certain things as long as it's not going to be harmful to someone else. Workplace harassment, bullying, whatever term you want to use for it, it is a real thing and it, and it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost of turnover. It, it costs companies money. It costs individuals uh, money and their, well, and their well-being. And it's usually not good for the company I think that it needs to be taken seriously by all sides on this matter, but it's also a very difficult thing. So just remember, if you think that this is going on with you, reach out and talk to somebody to, to start to get support for it so you can be directed in a healthy manner that you can get the support and help that you need.
0: All right. Thanks, Mike. Great advice as usual. Thank you, Lori. That's our podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Sarah Bush Lincoln Psychiatry and Counseling, you can visit our website at sarabush.org. Remember, the information presented in these podcasts should not be considered a substitute for medical care. Please seek the help and advice of your own health care provider. As Mike mentioned, your primary care provider can be very helpful when it comes to the physical and emotional effects of workplace bullying. So reach out to them. Until next time, I'm your host, Lori Banks for Health Styles.